0: Hi everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Poor Little Brain. My name is Nat and I'm your host. Today I'm joined by Hannah, a Yale University student and YouTuber who will share her insight on why she chose to start a YouTube channel, free resources for the college application process, and what she's done as a first-generation, low-income student. As always, be sure to check the description of this podcast for more information. The Google Doc is now live with resources discussed in this episode, as well as those from previous ones. With that out of the way hannah why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself
1: yeah hi um i'm hannah turner i am um, a rising sophomore hopefully i don't know if that's going to change um at yale um and i am studying political science with a possible major in spanish and i am in berkeley college at yale um, so if you go to yale you probably
0: know what that means <laughs> Awesome. Well, now that you mentioned maybe a rising sophomore and all of that, why don't you kind of get into that? Talk about what you're doing now, why you chose to do what you're doing now. I don't want to give it away so you can say it. Um, Yeah, talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so with the pandemic and everything um, and not allowing sophomores to be on campus, I decided to take a leave of absence for the fall 2020 semester. Um, And I wanted to get an internship or a job. I wasn't really sure. Um, I ended up getting a job at a local coffee shop and um, some small internships where I can work on my writing and then just being really involved in the clubs that I'm already in um, at school right now um, virtually. And yeah, so that's been nice to be able to like make money and then knowing that i'll go back to school with that and have more like resources with me
0: yeah for sure that's awesome and i think that it's a very you know common thing super common thing for this fall semester where a lot of people either took a leave of absence or just delayed their admission you know they were rising Mm -hmm. um, for the next year or next semester so definitely very common during this time and you know you can that doesn't mean i think a lot of people um, have this notion of like okay if I take a leave of absence or if I push you know my admission a semester or a quarter or whatever it's I'm going to do nothing at home but there's so many things you can do they don't have to yeah. be you know, like academic you're you have your job which is you know it's helping you get your money and and can help you you know then maybe when you go on campus later do more things you were able to get many internships and get more experience while still being in your clubs and stuff at school so there's so many things you can do that really go beyond um, academia so that's awesome Um, So why don't you talk about kind of you as a senior, your college application process, why you decided to apply to Yale, if maybe you were in between Yale and another school, but really what was that deciding factor that led you to Yale?
1: Yeah, um, so as a senior, just like, I feel like I was a very stressed out senior, um, in denial of that stress though, very excited for the whole college process um, being like, one of the first like in my family to go to like a university um or like the first in my like immediate family um so that was like very exciting but very stressful and so deciding to go to Yale was a it was kind of a no-brainer but at the same time like it, it was a decision that I had to be made um because I do live close and so I didn't really want to stay close to home, but of course um, all of the resources that Yale has and like the opportunities made me pick it and um, the financial aid that they gave to me right off the bat was better than any other schools. Um, And I applied to 18 colleges um, because I had fee waivers for all of them. So that was a blessing and I was able to like, not have to worry about paying for every single one. but yeah, when I got Yale, it was the like one of my dream schools and had the best financial aid. So I was like, okay, I, I committed that night that I got in. I was like, I, I'm going.
0: You wasted no time. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, you mentioned financial aid. Why don't you talk about aside from financial aid, the other or the Yale financial aid, I guess, the other financial aid that you were given or the scholarship that you were given that maybe even solidified you your going to Yale even more?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I did get like a bunch of other like small local scholarships. So that was great. But the main scholarship that I got that is helping me and has been helping me with um, my Yale journey is the Jack Kent Cook Foundation scholarship. And they have Um, scholarships for high school students for like um, private high schools and then for college students transfer college students and for graduate students so it's a really great program and they pay um they like help up to forty thousand dollars a year um for each year of college um that you're in undergrad so that's amazing and i i found out that i had that before i found out that i got into yale um And I think it was about the same month, but a few weeks before. And so knowing that I had that really opened my uh, opportunities up, even if I got into school that didn't give me a lot of financial aid. Um, But I feel like if anything changes with my parents' circumstances or anything, I always have uh, that help. And they also don't just help with um, my general semester tuition if I needed help with like summer classes or I'm doing um an internship over the summer they can I can reapply for that specific thing within my um college program that I already have a scholarship for um and say that oh I want to do a summer internship can you help fund it and they will have like the opportunity for that
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I think a really great thing about all these, you know, national scholarships or just scholarships in general, is that it goes just beyond, you know, the money that they give you. There's, you know, like you mentioned, or I I guess beyond the money that they give you for your tuition, you can ask, you know, to get your internships paid. Maybe if they're unpaid and, you know, you can't afford to go a whole summer without um, making some money. you also have those connections just being um, a J. I think it's J. K. C. F. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um scholar just really you know broadens your your opportunities and allows you to have different connections with other scholars like yourself and yeah. you know there's so many opportunities and that doesn't only go for this scholarship but like the Coca-Cola scholarship um which other one? there's so many the gates the, gates, the, gates, the Hispanic uh scholarship mm-hmm. fund there's just so many that really go beyond um financial aid and I think that that's you know really amazing and and they work very hard to you know incorporate all of their all of their recipients and i don't even think recipients actually because even if you're a finalist and you don't qualify you don't end up getting the scholarship you're still part of that cohort of students and you're still given all those resources. so it's really really great and i recommend you know anyone and like you mentioned even those in college i know i'm trying to apply to the jkfc one but it may only be for community college students so i gotta look into that but yeah a ton of opportunities uh for that So you mentioned, um, you know, the college application process being a little bit stressful because you were a, especially because you were a first-generation student, so why don't you talk a little bit about that, Um, how, you know, did that pose any difficulties going into college, Um, how were you able to navigate, what did Yale provide you, or maybe what did your community provide you with um, to help you kind of ease into college since your family, you know, couldn't guide you the best way possible?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was, it was definitely weird, um, applying to all the colleges that did and, um, going through applications with my parents, not really understanding like what I was doing or what had to be done. Um, but I'm glad that they did help me with the financial aid part as best as they could because, um, yeah, they had went to a community college and they like, wasted money or like spent it wrong with I don't really understand what their story was but so they're were like we're not gonna um, have you do the same problems that we are like have you go through the same problems that we did um, so that was good uh, so my mom actually helped me find this scholarship um, but yeah other than that it was it was a hard transition knowing like I didn't know what college was going to be like at all like Obviously, I talked to my teachers um, in high school and guidance counselors, but that this still doesn't give me like that same relationship that I could have had from my parents who went through it and I could call them and be like, "Oh, this is what I'm going through." Um, it, it just wouldn't it didn't really click with them. Um, so yeah, so when I was at college, at Yale, it was great because there is such a big community of first-gen um, students, and like the and within the community of first-gen students, there's so many different like types of people and so many different stories and backgrounds, which is even cooler. Um, so I got to meet so many people and kind of struggle with them, um, but also we we were able to go to um, each other and ask where can we find certain resources if we weren't sure um, because of all the resources that Yale had and a lot of the people that I went to for things like that were my friends who also have the Jack Kent Cook scholarship so we like knew each other before coming to college because we met through the scholarship and then coming to college we'd always be asking each other questions and leading each other in the right ways. Um, So there was, there's a whole um, community initiative for first-gen low-income students at Yale um, that helps direct us to like tutors and um, like there's different academic advising sessions where you can come and listen to people give you strategies, um, stuff like that. And then also um, we have, The first year to help the transition, just for everyone in general, there's a um, freshman counselor. And so it's kind of like an RA, um, but a senior who lives in the same residential college as the freshman. And they're both the like academic advisor kind of to us and um, our like RA type of person. Um, So they would help us make our schedule and um, see what we needed to have on our schedule before we went to our actual academic advisor or the dean to get the schedule sealed, um, so we talked through that, and it was cool too because my freshman counselor was a Jack Kent Cooke scholar too, um, so we, like, immediately bonded over that, and yeah, even one of my professors was, um, when she was an undergrad, she was first generation, so, I kind of was um, flustered my first semester um, with emailing professors and with the whole shopping period that Yale has, um, figuring out what classes I was going to take. So I kind of emailed her and mentioned that I was first gen and she was able to relate and um, said that if I ever needed advice or help that she was there, which was great and I wasn't expecting at all
0: (laughs) yeah that's awesome and I really love I've never heard of that um that kind of like that senior counselor where you have a a student guide you I think that that's really awesome and helps at least in my opinion to ease the stress of you know having to sit down with someone who's of like you know quote unquote like higher power and it's kind of intimidating to sit in an office with like an advisor and they're like okay what's your schedule and you're like Ugh, you know so I think that that's really something that you know Yale has implemented that's really really nice and I think for sure a lot of people benefit from because it gives you you know a more relaxed and you know interpersonal relationship where you can just sit down chat with you know they can even become your friend and And you can i don't know it just makes the process easier i feel like so that's that's really awesome um and you mentioned you know having all these resources for first generation students and i'm sure that that expands for everyone at the college so why don't you talk about resources at yale and something in specific it even happens at my school where there's just there's a lot of resources out there whether the school gives them to you directly or you just find them through a friend or through online and it can become so overwhelming because as much as you want to, you can never get all of them done. You, it's just impossible. And and it really comes down to, okay, which one do I want to do? Do I prefer this or this? Should I get more experience in this field or, you know, et cetera. So how does Yale provide you with these opportunities and how do you as a student kind of choose and, and take it all in and make an informed decision on what you're going to do? Because it's it's very overwhelming.
1: Yeah honestly i'm still quite overwhelmed by it um i'm still like figuring it all out um but i do think i think i was actually planning on doing this today um researching more of the different um, offices that yale has so like the office of like career strategy or the study abroad office and kind of what they could help me um, with and emailing a bunch of people. I was always scared of like cold emailing people, but I think I'm getting better at. um, So doing that and just to try to figure out this next spring semester and the summer semester, yeah, well, because I want to take classes over the summer. But um, yeah, so that's something I'm still trying to figure out. But um, there's, there's definitely a certain things that teachers or professors um, recommend students to go check out like there's a writing center um, to you could just pop in and like they help edit your essays or there's um, tutoring so I I really liked um, having a tutor for my Spanish class and it was just someone who was a a class above me um and we just talked in Spanish um and that was great because like I'm very shy and my speaking ability um so that was really good practice especially like transitioning from high school Spanish to college Spanish um and so I think that that was one thing that I tried and I liked I, I'm embarrassed to say I still have yet to go to office hours um, which is something I want to do but I think it's all trial and error um, especially if you're not used to the resources I'm not sure like what private uh, high schools have but I'd assume they'd have like similar like more uh, close than what my public school had um, as to the Amount of resources. But yeah, I definitely think that I am still figuring out and it's all trial and error.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I feel like you shouldn't feel bad about not going to office hours because although, you know, everyone raves about office hours, like go to office hours, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like maybe that's just not the best for you. And you prefer, like you said, that one on one tutoring um, that's a little bit more personalized and, and private and can make you, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable because. Very few times will you find yourself alone in office hours, especially I'm assuming at a place like Kiel where everyone has questions, everyone needs to, you know, want some help. So you're never gonna be alone and there's probably gonna be, you know, a ton of people asking questions. And, you know, that may not be the best way for for someone, for a student to get answers. So definitely, you know, it's good to explore other things like you mentioned the tutoring and things like that beyond just the office hours. But yeah, like you said, giving it a try and then kind of going from there is, is probably the best. Um so yeah, kind of on the topic of resources, we can maybe jump into your YouTube channel and you can talk about why you decided to, to start a YouTube channel, which, you know, from I, I watch all her videos. So I think I have a more or less good idea of what your goal is with the YouTube channel, which is kind of to provide resources, right, to, to help kids with their essays and guide them. So. How, how are you using your platform? First off, like the first question that I asked you, why did you choose to start your YouTube channel and how are you using your platform to help students, whether it be you know, in academia or beyond?
1: Yeah, um, so I think the main reason why I started it was because I was always looking at other people's YouTube channels um, when I Was in high school and you know YouTube is free, so you can just go on there and people are talking about um, college and like tips to get in and I could, you know, uh, it's almost as good as a face-to-face conversation. I feel like with a Ivy League student, um, which is great and yeah, that's like what I first found and I kind of just stuck with and so when my college decision reaction video like got so many views i was like oh well i'll just might as well just make a channel too because i do have this knowledge too and i can um you know whatever i hadn't i experienced i might be able to help someone um who's going through the same thing or who's worried that uh because they don't come from a certain background that they won't get into an ivy league um because that's what i was worried about and Obviously, it's not true, um, but yeah, it's it's all, yeah, it's, it's different for everyone, and I just really wanted to point out that and kind of just my perspective and any tips that I could provide, um, and yeah, also just an insight into what the Ivy League is like besides just tips to getting in, um, because I do feel like, we romanticize um, like academic culture and like the Ivy League and everything. But you know, some person could be thinking that they really wanna go to Yale, but and then they see what it's like in reality, they're like, oh, maybe that's not for me. And like, that's okay. Um, So yeah, I wanna show people what um, a day in my life looks like or like things that I like and don't like about Yale um, to give some insight in that way too.
0: Yeah, I will definitely have Hannah's YouTube channel down below so you guys can use that um, as an additional resource. But yeah, I think the YouTube college like niche is very strong. I mean, I'm on there every day or every other day. There's always a new video that comes out, whether it's like you said, day in my life or you know the dining halls it's just there's so many things that you can you know get into um and it really does especially during this time i think now more than ever serves as a really important resource because you no longer can go you know if, if you were able to maybe fly out and you know go visit you know your prospective schools you can no longer do that you know even if you have all the funds in the world because of the pandemic so that those videos kind of serve as a more, I think, informal introduction and a more informal look into the school, because obviously all of these schools do have their, you know, their virtual tours and whatnot, but that's a very, you know, a very, a a tour that's made out very specific to what they want you to see and things like that. So I think that watching YouTube videos um, from different schools and different people can really give you a true insight, in my opinion, on the school because you get to learn you know the good and the bad and you get to see things that maybe you didn't see in, in the school's virtual tour or the school's information so definitely very good resources and the college youtube niche is, is very much intense and i love it um so yeah why don't you now kind of jumping onto something different talk about imposter syndrome talk about you know especially as a first generation student just really feeling stuck and really feeling you know just kind of i don't want to say avoid because that sounds a little too intense but i guess for lack of a better word we can go with that about being at yale thinking you know do i belong here or thinking am i really taking advantage of all the resources um you know your privilege as well why don't why don't you talk about all those fun things
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks <laughs>
0: um
1: yeah i like no, it's definitely it also, too, is a process for sure. Um, it's it's like a hill that I'm climbing up and one day. I will be free of the imposter syndrome. Um, but yeah, like just this week, I was looking on LinkedIn. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but like looking on LinkedIn and um, LinkedIn I was is dangerous yeah i was like how do how do people have summer internships with google already or something i'm like what is going on um so that like things like that like kind of the comparison and like the hustle culture and everything um does is still intimidating to me and does still make me feel like oh like am i really good enough to be here um but I do like to kind of reframe that and be like, okay, worst case scenario, I'm not good enough to be here. Okay. But like, I'm here. So what am I going to do to show that? Like, I will be good enough. And like, I can do these things. And also not like, submit myself to the burnout culture at the same time. Um, Because I feel like it's constantly like hustle so hard every day. um, But you get to the point where you're burned out or you're, like, spending three all-nighters in a row or something crazy like that. And um, I think this year has, or even, like, being at home, I feel like it has made um, me realize this oddly enough um, that, like, I need a balance between my school and kind of my schoolwork and my mental health and it, it like seems so like obvious, and I felt like I've been having this balance, but really like when I begin to reflect and you know look at what I'm worrying about, um, I realize that whoa, I need to kind of take control of my thoughts again. Um, so I definitely think that like imposter syndrome itself is romanticized um, in it in the sense that. Um, People are constantly laughing about it and like, oh, yeah, I got imposter syndrome and like kind of playing off as like a nonchalant thing. Um, but it definitely like is real. And for most people, um, so so like remembering that it is real is really important um, because, yeah, because everyone is going through this and, you know, we don't like to talk about it but we're all in the same boat. So that kind of, you know, that perspective makes me not feel so crazy or something. Um, and to know that, you know, other people are struggling just as me, just as much as me. Um, and yeah, being a like first gen student, I think has has just made the, the process harder. Um, because I don't have the same resources as um, my, pe- like some of my peers might, um, with just just an abundance of things, um, with people to call or people to ask questions, and just knowledge that they've already had throughout their life um, and throughout like the high school training them for the Ivy League, um, but I think that with time and just reflection and journaling has been really good during quarantine. I've been getting back into that habit um and I love buying a new journal. So it's great um but yeah, I definitely think that imposter syndrome is a big problem people should talk about more and that uh I think I think it would be better if the uh, a, Adults are like, well, all adults, but like the people in um, charge like of like tutoring or like the the frocos. I feel like talked about a lot, the freshman counselors, um, but kind of addressed it more. And um, we do have to work hard. Right. But but noticing that, like, there's all this pressure on us and we may feel like we don't deserve to have this privilege and we don't deserve to be here with that pressure is hard so recognizing that and speaking more about it might make it easier especially for those people who are putting the pressure on us
0: (laughs) yeah for sure i i totally agree with you and i think just you know mental health as a whole really needs more attention and and i think you know you hit it uh right on the nail where it's the people in charge that are the ones that you know are putting this stress on us that really need to sure like maybe the school does have a know a counseling which i'm sure every school does but they have you know a counseling center or whatnot but it's i think it's the role of the university and the role of these people in charge to to let everyone know that this is here you know it's okay for you to go maybe even incentivize them like you know go get a a mental health checkup every six months or you know we'll give you some free food you know the, the kids will love that so i think it's super important for like you mentioned to to really speak about it and speak about it not in a in a funny way or in a funny light in a more serious you know, note because it is very serious and I think like you mentioned a lot of people kind of brush it off and, and make not make fun of it but you know again say it in a funny light just because it hurts them to talk about it in a more serious one so yeah. definitely agree with you know having the people in charge and the people who kind of cause the suffering upon us to really yeah. you know make these resources really really evident to their students for sure
1: um, I, think, I think a good example of two of like how they are not recognizing or not kind of talking about it was a recent email I just um, remembered that we got from the dean was kind of saying how oh I know there's all of this stress for them from the election and the pandemic and whatever else he basically listed all of these stress that we have and then he was like oh, but make sure that you start thinking of your spring term classes because um, that's due December
0: 18th. And I'm like, oh, OK. You're like, oh, thanks for that. Yeah. I was a slap on the face. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's. And I actually, funny you mentioned that. And I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but the previous episode was with Hannah from Yale, the transfer student. And this is Hannah from Yale, not the transfer student, but both of you. Um, shed light on kind of the things that the university isn't doing as it should and I think that that's super important you know you Yaleys are on top of it clearly you both spoke on different things that you know the school has to better and I think that that's important you know especially for for students listening and making a decision on what school they want to go to this is something super important to you know really consider like do you really love what this school is doing to combat mental health or do you love what the school is doing to help ease stress with you know the the elections that just passed and the pandemic and all of these things so it's super important and i know i appreciate that you talk about things that maybe make people uncomfortable because people just want to you know talk so highly of their school which is very you know makes sense you would want to talk highly about your school and and you should where where you know it's it's needed and it's it's correct but there's Times where, you know, you have to take a step back and really acknowledge what the school isn't doing and and talk about ways, you know, whether it's with your peers or with someone of, of you know, power at the school your, uh, themselves to come up with change, because that's that's really important. So thank you for bringing that up. But yeah, I think we pretty much touched on a lot of really great things. Um, I don't know if you have any parting words um to maybe any tips for those that are maybe wanting to start a youtube channel maybe you know the process of choosing a or waiting for decisions actually for schools and and choosing things like that
1: yeah yeah um that's good i think i think the for waiting for schools um for the decisions to come back i think for me the best thing it might not be the best thing in general but i just tried to distract myself um from the whole process and um, just dive into my studies still again and uh, my uh, extracurriculars more and hanging out with friends. Cause it's the last year I might hang out with them as much as you know I, I can being all in the same town. Um, so just kind of distracting myself. But um, yeah, I think for choosing the school too eventually, um, I made a list of all, um, the like financial aid and all of that, all the things that were important to me and kind of just chose the best one off of that. Um, and yeah, if, if anyone does want to start a YouTube channel, I will say it is a lot of hard work. Um, like probably each video I spend editing, I spend editing each video for four hours um, each time so and then it's like finding what music do I like is it copyrighted all that stuff which is is not really high payout but if you enjoy making videos like I do and like just spreading it to whoever like no matter if it's 10 people or 100 people um then I'd say go for it but yeah I definitely think that sharing each other's experiences kind of or like sharing your own experience and like seeing other people's experience kind of unites us more um as as a generation maybe dare i say um so like when we're going into the future like i hope that it's like things like you know not that youtube vlogs save like everything but like it's things like you know what we're doing and like sharing ourselves and like being honest and um vulnerable kind of like on on a platform like that um to to kind of you know remember that we're all human and we all go through the same through the same struggles um and yeah to kind of not put people on a pedestal and to also just relate more with everyone so you know we can we can see that humanity in um like our future and policies and government and just like how people act and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I I do love Yale with all its flaws and it definitely has a lot of um, amazing things about Yale too, I'm sure that those both showed. But yeah, I, I know that some people dream about Yale and it ends up not being the school for them. So it's, it's always, important to know both like the pros and cons um from an insider perspective but yeah i love you and i'm so glad um to be here and yeah and yeah i'm so glad to be on this podcast too thank you so much for reaching out
0: <laughs> of course thank you for coming on and sharing you know like you mentioned i think sharing just the story is so important and i think really brings a lot of you know insight Um, that otherwise you know couldn't be found or whatever you can just google you know someone's story and and learn from that so yeah thank you for sharing your story again I I really do appreciate everyone that comes on here and I always learn I always take away I always take away something from all of this and I definitely did today so thank you for teaching me and and giving me some new found knowledge that I didn't know about and Yeah. Again, thank you for coming on and I will be back next week with another episode. Bye.